this is The Crime Cafe, your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before I bring on my guest, I'll just remind you that The Crime Cafe has two ebooks for sale the nine book box set and the short story anthology. You can find the buy links for both on my website, debbiemack.com. D E B B I M A C K. Dot com under the Crime Cafe link. You can also get a free copy of either book if you become a Patreon supporter. You'll get that and much more if you support the podcast on Patreon, along with our eternal gratitude for doing so. Hi, everyone. Today we have with us the author of one of the most interesting stories I've read in quite a while. When I say interesting, well... You'll see. (laughs) But before I introduce him, I'd like to give a shout out to a friend of the podcast, Stuart A. Williams Design. I can personally vouch for the the quality of his work. He does uh, my covers and he's absolutely fantastic. Um, He runs the gamut of services from typography, graphics, but his specialty is book covers, ebook and print. So I highly recommend Stuart A. Williams. You can find his website at stuartawilliamsdesign.com. And with that now, I'd like to introduce to you the author of Down Solo and Trust Me, two very different thrillers that our guest is giving away. It's my great pleasure to introduce Earl Javorski. Great, thanks. Good to be with you. Well, thank you for being here. Now, um, my introduction to your work was with Down Solo. <laughs> and please tell the listeners about the main character, Charlie Minor. You know, the interesting part about him. <laughs> oh, the, de- the part that he's dead? Yeah. <laughs> it kind of catches your attention right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, but he's not a zombie or a superhero or any weird thing like that. He's just a regular guy. He happened, he's a PI. He has a drug problem. He wakes up dead at the morgue. And uh, there's a bullet hole on his forehead. And he has to, once he finds out he can move, it's like in the middle of the, or late at night, early in the morning. The place is pretty quiet. And he finds a place to shower off. It's one of those hoses over a tub. and. He cleans himself up, steals clothes from another corpse, and goes out, gets a cab on a mission. He's got to find out who killed him. It's That's, pretty straightforward, isn't it? It is. It's it's very straightforward and very uh, intriguing premise. Uh, it kind of made me think of the movie DOA, except okay. instead of a guy who has been murdered but hasn't died yet, you've got a yeah. guy who's died who wants to find his murderer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Both, they're both trying to find their murderers, but in different ways. Right. Um, what prompted you to write about a character in that particular situation? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> right? So, and I, I, I haven't been a supernatural type reader, you know, since uh, my early 20s. I loved it then, and then I went off into more conventional, like Raymond Chandler and traditional mysteries, and uh, up to you know current great writers in that genre. 
And one day I sat down and I wrote the first page of Charlie Minor, of Down Solo. And I had no idea what to do with it for like six months. And somewhere along the line, I went, okay, I got a guy, he's dead in a morgue. He's a heroin addict. He's a, let's make him a PI. Let's make his murder part of the case that he was looking into. Which case? How do we find out? And all of a sudden I realized I could develop it. And so I get him going home, finding out that his place has been searched and trashed. Uh, he gets access to his files and uh, has to go through a bunch of files to find out which one maybe had to do with his murder and who the people were. And then I got a plot outline and it all kind of made sense. And I knew where it was going. And unfortunately, I got there at page 90, <laughs> which is not a novel. So then I sat on it for another year. And then I realized that where I had gotten to was not the big, was not the end. It was, it was the end of a foundation where the real story was at a deeper level. Hmm. And that there were string pulling puppeteers behind what we thought was the end of the mystery. We had to go find that. So it opened up for me in a weird organic fashion I really can't explain. Sometimes that's the best way for a story to come, I think. I think so. At some subconscious level, something was coming out there. That's really cool. Um, so I just had to follow that up with Down to No Good, which I'm currently reading. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> and are, 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 you so hmm? are you amused, I hope? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, okay. the, the situation is so comical, somewhat comical that you can't help but be amused and, um, and also just odd. I mean, it's just, just a great setup. Oh. Um, are you going to, do you plan to write a third book? I have a third and a fourth Charlie Minor book uh, plotted and kind of mapped out. Um, right now I'm giving priority to a different kind of novel, a much more conventional one. Uh, it's not noirish and it's certainly not supernatural. Uh, based on something close to my heart uh, that happened locally here in Oceanside, California, where I'm living. and having to do with uh, the local local drug and gangbanger scene. And uh, a kid gets beat into a coma over a drug deal, and his dad has to track down what really happened. So that's more of a straightforward psychological thriller, and I'm giving my attention to that. Mm-hmm. Is that what Trust Me is like? You described that as a more conventional thriller. What's it that is. novel about? Trust Me. Uh, Trust Me centers around, well, the bad guy is sort of an ensemble piece. Uh, tracks five different characters. The mm -hmm. villain in it is a, well, he, he's a sex predator in the Los Angeles recovery community. And 
actually he's based on a real guy, but the real guy didn't kill his victims. He just seduced them and was was predatory and creepy. Hmm. He was like a doctor, a psychologist. He was old. He went after good-looking newcomers, and it was it was creepy. So, so I just turned him into a serial killer because it was fun. Uh huh. It worked for the novel. It's tough uh, keeping track of five different characters. You said it follows five characters. It sounds almost cinematic. I had that. Uh, it, well, I like to think that I write visually and, and track cinematically. Um, I, I come from a film background. My dad was an actor, a Paramount uh, star. My mom was in theater. But regardless, um, yeah, I had to, it was complicated and I had to storyboard it just to keep track. I used four by six cards with notes and character names and kept reshuffling them, trying to figure out how they interlaced into something coherent. Sure. Hmm. And, and I was told early by an agent, hey, you can't do this, you know? And I go, okay, I can't work with you anyway, so thanks for rejecting me because it wouldn't have been fun. Um, and since, of course, it has to be handled well, and maybe she was saying you're too new to handle this well, I don't know. Uh, it went through several versions after, after that rejection. But um, I certainly read a lot of stuff that I've liked that tracked multiple characters. So again, it's in the handling. I hope I did a good job. I think that's true, definitely. Um, you were a working musician at one time? <laughs> barely, <laughs> barely. What, um, did, what did you play and what kind of music? I played guitar and unfortunately, I guess not that well. Uh, I supported my wannabe rock stardom by uh, in, in illegal trade. I call it uh, working my way up the ladder, the corporate ladder in the, uh, in, in the, what's my phrase? I've Chemical forgotten. entertainment industry? Chemical, yes, there it is. I was going to ask about that. I said, dare I ask? <laughs> dare you ask, yeah, you do. go ahead. I'm asking uh, then. Oh, it went, you know, I, I went up in the county jail up in LA a couple times. I oh, went, yeah. I, it was boom and bust. I had some good times. I had a nice car and a house in Malibu once, and I had a crappy car and no car and no apartment anywhere. <laughs> it, was, it was a zigzag, uh, odd career where I met a lot of very strange people that now populate my books. So there, you know. Well, every experience becomes fodder, you know? That's right, yeah. Lemons to lemonade, I hope. That's that's funny because my uh, my father was a writer and he used to talk about how much experience is important when it comes to writing. And yeah. Every crappy experience I was having, at, you know, when I was younger, he would say, oh, it's, it's all good for your writing. And <laughs> it's like, you were right, Dad. <laughs> um, what authors do you draw the most inspiration from? Oh, boy, okay. There's a tough one, only because the list is so long. 
Um, I know the feeling. So I'm going to apologize right now because they're going to be mainly men. I just, sorry. And I keep trying. And, and there's women writers like Ursula K. McGuinn and uh, Barbara Kingsolver, a number of them that I just love. But when it comes to influences, I'm going to start with Elmore Leonard and the anti-Leonard, which is James Lee Burke. And why I call him the anti-Leonard is because Elmer Leonard's so sparse. And you know his cardinal rule, leave out the parts that readers are going to skip over. Exactly. And then there's James Lee Burke, whose prose is so lush and gorgeous. And any other writer, I don't want to know what color the sky is. And I don't, know, I don't want to know about every nuance of the weather. But when he handles it, it's... It's, it's part of his character's experience and it enriches it and he's just, so I try to draw a line between, you know, I try to be sparse but descriptive at the same time and do the best I can with it. Um, if, I, if I found a reader that I thought had my taste, uh, that my, my first two suggestions would be to read Michael Gruber's Tropic of Night which is just fascinating. And uh, Bikram sings Sacred Games. Got to read Sacred Games. Just a huge novel. I'm so, writing these down. <laughs> yeah. Sacred Games? Sacred Games. Huh. Interesting. Is it Bikram Singh or is he the poet? I might be mixing up the, the uh, writers. Hmm. Well, thank you for those suggestions. Um, mm. Given how different Down Solo and Trust Me are, and mm. your, your other one that you're working on now, mm. how would you generally describe your writing to somebody who might be interested in learning more about your work? Um, off the wall. <laughs> Uh, you know, again, because I draw from my experience in, in the, on the dark side, uh, and, and like I said, I populate my fiction with the kind of characters that I knew and hung with. Uh, it's, it's more about the social element of all three of my books, well, two Charlie Minor books uh, and, and Dem Solo, the principal characters are personally afflicted with drug and alcohol problems. And the environment is that environment. But they're regular middle-class guys that found themselves in the trap of addiction. So there's a lot that goes with that, socially, personally, spiritually, psychologically. Um, and I like to explore that, whether it's in something as odd as the Charlie Minor Thing with the conceit that he's dead, but am, you know, what's the word? A ambulatory. <laughs> uh, the walking dead. Well, yeah, but but so I don't want to go there. I don't want to. Yeah. Not think they're zombie. Zombies, you know, with hatchets in their head, because uh, it's, it's not about that. But yeah, um, so it's more about exploring that. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if you could, uh, you said that uh, your 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 father was in in film, and you yourself tend to write visually. Hmm. If you could pick somebody to play, say Charlie Minor in a movie, uh, who would you imagine? Um, Farrell. Who's the Who's the Irish guy? Uh, Colin Farrell. Okay, yeah. That'd be great. I'd love to yeah. see that. Sure. Cool. I don't yeah. know why I keep picturing, um, now I can't think of his name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Shoot. There's this guy. Um, the, it's, it will come to me later after this is over. Okay, yeah. <laughs> great. I do that to my wife all the time, drives her crazy. It's Ryan somebody. Ryan Gosling. Gosling. Okay. Yes, can, yes. <laughs> let's get him. Yeah, let's get him. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that you'd like to tell us that I haven't asked you about? Oh, boy. Okay. Free platform to reach a bunch of people. And I, my brain goes blank. Oh, uh, no. Like, um, well... Who are we talking to? Readers, writers, both? Readers, writers, uh -huh. wannabe writers. Wannabe writers, I could talk to Isn't them. That, yeah, I, I often ask people, what are, what's your advice for people who are interested in writing? Sure, okay. First, read good stuff. I don't believe anybody can write a better book than the sum of the books they've read. Same, same with music. I, have, I work as an editor. And the only two books that I've given people money back and said, I'm sorry, here's your advance. I can't work with you. By the way, what do you read? And of all the editing work I've done, the only, those two, I got the response, well, I actually don't read that much. Hmm. So if you don't, if, if, you know, if you don't listen to, don't play a guitar. <laughs> and if, right? And if you don't, if you don't read, you're probably not going to be a good writer. That's the start. Second, join a community of writers. Nobody can create in a vacuum. That's, that's my belief. Uh, find people that, you know, meet people that are inspired and that will inspire you and listen to what you do, listen to what they do, find out who you like most, talk to them, hang out with them. Um, and, and then when that gets old, leave. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and uh, uh, get yourself a copy of, familiar, familiarize yourself with uh, the Chicago Manual of Style and learn to self-edit. That's important. And just reach out and be involved with people and then keep writing. All good advice. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. And uh, let's see, do you have a website? I do. Uh, okay. Oh, here's the thing. First of all, I'm actually, my name is Dan Howard. I've been Dan Howard since I was five. I was born Daniel Earl Jaworski. Huh. Right? Okay. And I'm remaking. Uh-oh, my battery's running low. I hope we make it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So when I had my first short story published a bunch of years ago, I chose Earl Jaworski just as a goof. 
and because it's my middle and original last name. And then it turned out that Earl Jaworski, uh, if you go, and it's J A B O R S K Y, if you Google it, I'm the only one in the world. And that's hard to do with Google. Yeah, to say the so, least. com, and you get a brief bio on me and uh, pointers to some of my books. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on the show, Earl. Thanks so much for taking the time. And don't forget, everyone, to please leave a review on your favorite podcast channel, or whatever they're called, wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, you can also buy copies of the Crime Cafe publications at my website, debbiemack.com. Plus, if you'd like to get access to perks and content that isn't for sale anywhere on the internet, uh, just uh, look for my Patreon uh, page. And you can find the link to that on my website there as well. So thanks for listening. And next time we'll have author David Putnam on the show. Until next time, happy reading.